Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, Bridgewater family. I am so glad that you are with us to be able to dig into week number three on our series, Forgiveness. It seems like such a simple word, doesn't it? But it is huge in all of our lives. And I got to thinking about something. Have you ever played with super glue? Have you ever used super glue for anything? I ran across some uh, experiences people that have had with superglue, like Juan. Juan writes, I was trying to superglue my binder together, and I couldn't get enough glue out of the tube. So then I decided to squeeze really hard. And even though it was such a small tube, a huge amount of superglue came out and got all over my pants. It didn't take long before I realized my pants were glued to my leg. Now, I don't know if this works, church. I guess you'll have to try this at home. But he used mayonnaise in order to get his pants off. How about this one? Jen writes, I needed an adhesive to stick my false eyelash on. And I decided to use super glue The problem was that the eyelash broke off and got on my eyeball. Luckily, the tears in her eyes and the panic in her heart got that eyelash loose, and she writes, oh, the things we do for beauty. I like Amy's story. Amy's super glue story is when she was in uh, junior high, and she was in chemistry class, she was sitting next to her good friend, and uh, by the way, his name was Justin, and while they were working on an experiment together, she broke her test tube. The school was in short supply that day, so the teacher gave her some super glue to try to glue the tube back together. When she laid the super glue down, she didn't realize it, but she had the glue on her hand, and she ended up touching Justin's hand. Now, she says that it was a mistake, but they stayed glued together for three more classes, and they didn't get unstuck till he walked her home to her house. I think this is my favorite. Sarah says, our three-year-old daughter wanted our cat to stay and play a little longer. Unknowingly, she realized that uh, her daughter had found the super glue. And it was too late when she heard her daughter laughing and the cat screaming in a large meow. She went in and she found that her three-year-old daughter had super glued Smokey's paw to the carpet. Then, with a little snip-snip of cat hair and carpet fiber, the cat got loose and, of course, he took off. But I love what she says. Can you imagine... If Smokey had been glued to the hardwood, thank God for little miracles. What's your super glue story? I know I have my own, but I got to thinking about this. Have you ever realized that 
Oftentimes, people in our lives, family, friends, uh, co-workers, try to superglue our sins and our faults to our lives. Have you ever thought about it? In fact, if we're told long enough that we're failures, if we have been in a, a, an addiction that has been incredibly hurtful for years, I think the saddest thing is when we superglue false assumptions to our own minds and our hearts that not even God believes. And there's only one way to be able to break free, and it's called forgiveness. Forgiveness is essential to all of us. It's the good news that we need for ourselves, and it's the good news we need for those that we love and we care about, even sometimes just our acquaintances. Why? Because none of us can afford to go through life with our sins and our faults and our mistakes super glued to us or looking for ways to tear others down by making sure we remind them of their shortcomings. I want to do something unique today. I want to take a walk through Psalms. We're actually going to read some Psalms from King David. That was a man who knew what it was like to sin, to fail, but to experience the incredible love of God. And I want to talk about what it means to really forgive others and forgive ourselves. I want to talk about by going through this journey in, in three different Psalms that David writes. And what emerges are three truths. Now, I need you to really get this in your mind. It's time to take some notes. It's time to underline some things in our Bibles. And maybe you're just even trying to figure out who God is. I'm so glad that God led you to this uh, broadcast and to be a part of our time together. Because here's something that I know. Every single one of us need forgiveness now and will need it in the future. Here's something else I know. Every one of us will have to forgive others if we also want to live in freedom. There's three incredible truths we need to wrap our minds around. The first is in Psalm 103, verses 8 through 12. David writes, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth. So great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Here's the first truth. If we want to experience the freedom to forgive, we have to love like God and leave bitterness behind. Let me just say it again. We need to love like God and leave bitterness behind. If you've ever hurt someone, or if you've ever been hurt by someone, then you know the pain that you've been through when your heart's been broken. In fact, I think it can be a real struggle for us to realize we've caused hurt in someone else's life, and we've broken their heart as well. 
Well, what do you do with this? How, how do you move forward? Because let's, let's be honest about it. We have two choices. When we've been hurt or we've hurt others, we can decide to let the roots of bitterness grow deep or we can decide to take positive steps that will heal broken hearts and broken relationships. But how do you do that? David gives us the clue in this incredible psalm. He says, the Lord is compassionate. Don't you love that? In fact, this is my favorite part. He's slow to anger with Drew. <laughs> Man, do you mind putting your name in there? I mean, are you glad that the times, and in fact, just wait a minute, Get this in your mind. Every time that we sin against someone else, first and foremost, we've sinned in our relationship with God. When we break the heart of others, we're actually breaking the heart of God. And I'm glad to hear that God is slow to get ticked off at me. David is so personal about this, and he actually says, God's love abounds. Have you ever thought of that? In the midst of our pain and suffering, God is not only slow to be angry, but in that moment, he wants his love to grow and be nurtured in the midst of our pain. It may seem too simple, but David gives us a revelation that's still relevant. Here's what he's saying. Forgiveness is a choice, and our example is God. In all the years that I've been pastoring, I think one of the greatest struggles that I have is when people come to me and, and tell me over and over again the things that they've struggled with and how they've been hurt by someone that they deeply love. And then you try to help build a bridge to say, listen, we can all choose to forgive. It, it doesn't necessarily all happen at once, but we can choose to love like God. And the struggle often is our own fear and our pride. When, when, I, when I don't want to forgive someone, it's a pride issue. Because I think I'm giving up something. I'm giving up control over something because you've got to, to, to be honest about how much you hurt me. No, no. No, see, that's where the fear comes in. We have no control over anyone else's actions. Isn't that true? But the reality is this. We have to love like God. And this first truth demands that we leave bitterness behind. In fact, if God loves us so much, why would we ever walk away angry from someone? If we're loved so much by God and he's so slow to get angry, why would I hold on to a grudge or hurt feelings? It isn't going to help anyone, and it's certainly not going to help me. Now, if this truth, if this eye-opener wasn't enough, here's what David also writes. God is willing to forgive our sins as far as the east is from the West. I've had the wonderful opportunity to be in Asia. Different times. It's been incredible. I've seen the Taj Mahal. I've walked the streets of uh, Bangkok. I have had a wonderful ability to walk on the Great Wall. But you know what? One of the most incredible things that happened to me on one trip was this. 
I realized how far the east is from the west. I mean, it is separated. I can't just, I can call home, but I can't just walk home. I have to get on a plane. In fact, when I went to Thailand, at one point, I, I, flew, fifth, I flew two hours to Dallas. I flew 15 hours to Beijing. I flew five more hours to Thailand. Are you tired yet? Woo! I was tired, but guess what? When God removes our sins, it's further than the east is from the west. It's removed. That's the point that God was making to David. We have to love like God. And you know how we can do that? We can leave bitterness behind because we realized how blessed we are that God has forgiven us. This is why I love Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 through 32. Now look, look out. Here it comes. Are you ready? Get rid of. Can, can we just say it together? Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander. Man, I don't know what was going on in that church, do you? But brawling and slander along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Get rid of it. You know what it really means? It's just this. Take the trash out. Get it out. Get rid of it. Sometimes Kay, who's a phenomenal cook, she'll make some things and, and she'll put it in the trash in the kitchen. Then the trash begins to stink and she puts the trash out in the garage and then all of a sudden the garage is filled up with that stink. It's not until we get it all the way out to the curb and get rid of it that the smell and the odor and the trash is gone. Listen, I want you to hear this this morning. This is crucial. Do you want to be free? Do you want complete forgiveness? Or are you going to keep replaying all the bitterness and hurt that you've been through in life? The only way that we can literally leave bitterness behind is actually found in the Psalm, verse 11. David said, For as high as the heavens are above, so great is his love for those who fear him. Truth number one. When we love God, we can love like God and leave bitterness behind. Here's the next truth. Psalm 38 through 12. David writes, To you, Lord, I called to the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you. Here's our next truth. If we want to experience the freedom that only can come from forgiveness, we have to be willing to grieve the loss and make room for joy. We have to be willing to grieve the loss and make room for joy. Can I just go ahead and love on you a little bit? Is that okay? This one's going to be a little bit tougher. 
But it's so important in our journey of forgiveness. One of the most daring things we can do is admit that we're hurt. And one of the hardest things to do is admit when we've hurt other people when we have decided we haven't. Did you know this? Sometimes it's not about what we think, but if somebody else thinks we've hurt them, we still have to act like God. We still have to say, I want to understand what you're feeling. And here's the reason. David reminds us that there is a huge difference between telling God how hurt we are over and over again and actually crying out to God for help. Can I go back to that for a moment? Have you ever known people that all they do when they come and talk to you about the relief that they're seeking is they just keep replaying over and over again how hurt they are? It's like you're putting in a, a song you hate and, and you're, you're, you're throwing the CD in or you're going back to that digital format and that song comes up and you go, you know, I, I don't like that. But we replay it over and over and over again. Here's what David does. He, he makes a huge difference. If we're going to grieve our loss, we literally have to embrace the pain of it. And then cry out to God for help. Not just keep crying about it or complaining about it. We literally have to cry out to God like this. God, I am so broken. I am so hurt. But my focus isn't going to be on that. I want to make room for joy. Now, we can't do this alone. This is why David calls out to God for help. Literally, in the Hebrew, it says that David called God his helper. You're not just crying out to God for help, but you're crying out to him as our helper. In other words, God actually aids us in the process. He walks alongside us in the struggle. If we're willing, listen, if we're willing to let him. But if you keep telling God, I'm hurt, I'm upset, God, I can't get through this, God goes, quit, quit pushing me away. Quit, quit keeping me at arm's length. Let me in. Let me in. Quit focusing on what has been so devastating and ask me to be the helper to, to help you move through even the pain you're in right now. Sometimes the greatest help we need from God is in the middle of the pain. And not just when the pain has subsided. This is why C.S. Lewis, the quote from C.S. Lewis is so incredible. He writes, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. If you're going through pain right now, it's not that God wants you to suffer. He literally wants you to grieve and move through the pain so that you can make room for joy. How do I know that? David writes in Psalm 30, this psalm right here, verse 11, he says, you turn my wailing into dancing, you remove my sackcloth 
and clothed me with joy. This is so beautiful. Sackcloth. It was the Jewish way of reminding yourself, and get this, everybody else saw it. You put on this rough piece of clothing, you'd put ashes on your head, and you wailed. In fact, that's why some versions even talk about God removes our mourning. God turns our wailing into sounds of joy. Literally, David pictures himself taking off the mourning clothes and putting on a robe of joy. Sometimes I think that would be better for us, don't you? Don't, don't you sometimes think that maybe if it was like in the Victorian days when people were mourning, they wore black for several weeks or months? Sometimes I think when we're in pain, if we could just take off the mourning wrap and put on a robe of joy, it would remind us of God's incredible love. But listen to this. This is important. We have to understand and ask ourselves the question, what are we allowing our heart and mind to be filled up with? Is there room for God's healing joy in our lives? Is there room? Have we literally grieved through the pain and step by step, day by day, are we allowing God's love to fill us to overflowing. 2 Corinthians verse one, or chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. This is huge. Do you want freedom? Do, do you want to experience the full love of God and the forgiveness of God? Here's what we have to do. As we are grieving and making room for joy, God comforts us, and immediately we need to begin to comfort other people with the comfort that we're receiving. We can't just hang on to the hurt and the pain that we're in because that's all we've got to share with anybody is hurt, pain, and suffering, and complaining. But we've got to literally, little by little, dump that cup out. Get rid of the pain and the suffering and let God begin to fill you with joy and find someone to share the comfort with. You don't even have to say anything. Do you know how many times I've been in a room with somebody and had no words to say? But instead, I just was there. And with the comfort God has given me in my life, I'm able to comfort someone else. Please hear me if you're suffering, if you're struggling, if you are going through this super glued uh, a season of sin and pain that people have tried to superimpose on you or you superimposed on someone else, please hear me this morning. Choose to grieve the loss and make room for joy. Let God comfort you. And then begin to comfort others. Literally the word comfort that Paul uses means stand beside someone and encourage them. Console them. Give support during 
the severe times of testing. By the way, I want to say something to you. There's a couple of you out there that I love deeply, and, and I just want you to know. Here's something that's huge. Are you ready? You and I can never know the comfort and love of God if we're just trying to move through our pain and suffering alone. If you need to go give forgiveness or receive forgiveness, that's where it starts. You can't just isolate yourself. You've got to literally bring people around you who will comfort you, bring accountability that comforts and consoles and helps us move forward. We have to make room for joy. Here's the last truth. Psalm 43, 143, verse 7 and 8. Again, this is, this is David. He, he prays to God and he says, answer me quickly, Lord. Man, I could relate to this. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Here's our last truth. Receive God's love and let go. Receive God's love and just let go. David, I love this. David lets us look deeply and intimately into his life. He's struggling. And David says to God in prayer, he says, God, if you don't hurry up, if you don't hurry up and get here, I'm going to waste away. Have you felt that way? I know I have. God, if, if, you don't, if you don't hurry up and get to me, I'm just going to be done for. Show up swiftly, he says. Or I'm going to die and go to the pit. Then verse 8 comes tumbling out of David's mouth. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. I love this. This is so beautiful. God constantly, every morning, his mercies are fresh and new. And did you know this about the God? If you're serving God, did you know? He gets up with you in the morning and he's like, let's start the day letting you know I love you. You're not alone. You're not having that cup of coffee alone. Your favorite tea that you're drinking while you cry, those tears, I'm right there with you. The suffering that you have in your body, the pain you feel, I'm right here. I'm loving you through this. It's, it's like getting up and the sun is shining and the beautiful breeze is blowing. That's God's love. Every morning, if we're going to forgive others and let go of our pain, we have to literally give permission to God every day to love us. And when that happens, we can give others freedom. We can give freedom to others because we, we're so loved by God that we're free to forgive as God has forgiven us. Too often, we let others 
get in the way of, of God loving us. We just replay over and over again in that vicious cycle all the things people have done to us, and then the more we do it, the less we think we've done anything wrong ourselves. My mom used to say, two wrongs don't make a right. And you know, I've found in most relationships, especially when there's conflict, if it goes on long enough, everyone suffers. Being mad and nurturing our wounds, it, it creates a vacuum of separation between us and God. But God says, let my love in. Open the window in the morning. Let, let my love in. And this, this morning, I, I actually want to give you three insights from 1 John 1, 9, when the apostle John gives us one verse that's transformational, and I want to show you how. Because if you've tracked with me, in fact, let me just uh, review this. The first truth, love like God and let, leave the bitterness behind. Grieve the loss and make room for joy. Receive God's love and let go. So now what do we do? What are the action steps in order to forgive and be forgiven in a way that allows us to be free? 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all right unrighteousness. Let me read it one more time. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let me give you three specific steps. Number one, to find the freedom that can only come from God's love, we have to be willing to confess. Confess means that we agree with God that we have done something wrong or we confess and agree with God that somebody has wronged us. It goes both ways. But it's critical at this point that we're honest with God and with ourselves. Because it's not just other people who have hurt us, but we've hurt people as well. Honesty is the beginning to this freedom that we want in forgiveness. Confess. Here's the next step. Ask for forgiveness. First, seek God's forgiveness, but don't stop there. I know people that will say to me, Pastor, well, I ask God to forgive me. That's great. But often pride keeps us from going the rest of the mile. That second mile Jesus talked about where we need to go to somebody and actually ask for forgiveness and give forgiveness. Don't stop short because then you're limiting the love that God has for you that you and I both need. Now, this isn't the time to blame anybody. This is not the time to talk about all the ways you've been offended. This is the time where two people who love God come together and we ask for forgiveness because more important than the wrong is the reconciliation. Third, based on 1 John 1, 9, let God lead. What if, what, what if, what if I do this and it works out? Well, praise God. In fact, oftentimes things work out much better than we think they will because we're afraid and we don't go to someone. And sometimes the greatest fear that we have is the fear that we're going to have to humble our own selves. That it wasn't just one person who did the wrong thing, but it's both of us. you got to be humble and accept and admit it. 
But then after you confess and ask for forgiveness from God and for, from the other person, maybe you even need to forgive yourself. Then you've got to let God lead. And this is very specific. If two people love Jesus, there should be no reason that we can't reconcile. We don't have to agree on every point to be in a right relationship with one another and love each other. But this is the big question I get asked all the time. What if somebody won't listen? Did you do what God wanted you to do? Did I talk to somebody and try to be as humble as possible? And if I blew it, am I willing to ask for forgiveness again? Remember last week, 70 times 7 or 77 times, or as the theologian Buzz Lightyear said, to infinity and beyond. See, this isn't a one-up game. We're not keeping score. This is, I'm going to confess, I'm going to ask for forgiveness, and then I want to let God lead. Why? Because this is the only way to make room for joy and God's love. We have to receive it and then just let go and move. you got to let go and move. Uh, uh, many, many years ago, uh, I was talking about forgiveness, and I got this email from uh, a young woman named Jenny. She said, I just wanted to send a quick thank you for challenging us with the sermon series. Today was a major breakthrough for me that I know God has been working on for quite some time. I had a confession to make to a family member about something that happened, listen to this, 25 years ago. And I was so terrified that I couldn't imagine telling them and asking for forgiveness. For too long, I have listened to the enemy's lies that staying in the darkness was safer than making things right. What would they think of me? How would they label me or superglue me? My fears just spiraled out of control. But through the message, God gave me the tools and reassurance I needed to finally confront the issue. I began praying that God would move and provide the opportunity, and he did just that. His timing is perfect. I was blown away by my family's response to my confession. They were so gracious and loving, and I know that was a gift straight from God. She says, my chains are gone. Again, thank you. guess what? We've got some homework to do this week. Maybe you're sitting in a room with somebody you love and there's been some intensity and as soon as I pray for us, you need to turn to that person or to that child, that friend, and say, we've got to work some things out. Do it now. Don't delay. Don't, don't try to get into this, well, you did this and, and, and she did that. No, no, no. Just Ask for forgiveness, give forgiveness, and find the freedom that God has for you. My guess is you might have somebody in mind that isn't in the room, and you've just got to go. And you know what? Like this young woman, there's a lot of hope that God has for us if we'll just do what he asks us to do.
yeah, I need to be honest. Somebody, somebody's probably going to get told that it was all their fault and finally you came and asked for forgiveness. Don't let that bother you. That person you're talking to, if they act like that, just feel for them because they don't have freedom. But do you? Do you want the freedom that God has waiting? You ready to open the window and let the love of God in? Come rushing in? Okay, come on. Get your hands out. Let's pray. Father, in just a few minutes and a few days, we've got some bridges to build because we need to be free. We need to give forgiveness and we need to receive it. And God, I also want to pray this. Uh, not only, God, please give us courage to go to the people that are living, but God, if we need to ask for forgiveness or give forgiveness to someone in our past that has passed on, God, help us to write the letter. Help us to put into words what has been uh, weighing on our hearts. And God, let your love rush in. Help us to be free. God, may we choose to love like you and leave the bitterness behind. God, help us to grieve the loss and make room, not for the hurt and the pain, but for the joy that you have waiting. And God, we receive your love. Help us to let go. Let go of the struggles and decide that we're going to trust in you for our forgiveness and our freedom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you so much. Please go do it and chat with us online. Tell us where your struggles are. How can we pray for you? You matter. Our online family, you are family. Whether it's your first time or your hundredth time, you're family. Let us know how you're doing. We're praying for you. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. I love you. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.